Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. So for a few years now, I have been working with Express Employment Professionals, and they've been helping you, my listeners, know where to turn in your job search. Now, Express offers local connections to the good jobs where you live in a variety of industries. So if you're looking for a job, go online, find the nearest Express office at expresspros.com, and let them help you. Now, recently, one Express associate shared this, quote, after applying everywhere for work, I called Express Pros. After going into the office, I had a job that day. Now, when you turn, to Express Pros, you benefit from 35 years of experience in putting people to work. They help more than a half a million people find jobs each and every year, and job seekers at Express Pros never pay a fee whatsoever. Just go to ExpressPros.com, find the location nearest you. And another Express associate said Express called me to come in for an interview right away and then sent me to interview with a company that same day. So don't go it alone any longer in your search for a job. Find your local Express Employment Professionals office at ExpressPros.com. All right, glad you're with us. Loaded up a busy news day today. Our toll-free telephone number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. We've got this large caravan of illegal immigrants from Central America uh, that we are going to deal with today. The president addressing, president saying he's going to send the military. Uh, a, A Mueller dud. He got his first sentencing today for this Alex van der Swan. He's sentenced to a, a, a majestic 30 years in, uh, sorry, 30 days in prison. You would have thought it was the biggest issue ever if you're waiting for the lead up to how long he was going to get in jail. Uh, we'll get to that. Rod Rosenstein, we now have the internal authorization that he gave to his BFF, Robert Mueller, to use the discredited Trump dossier to probe Paul Manafort. And again, it's proving a point that we have been making. This this basically is and has been and continues to be a fishing expedition. Uh, the wife of Andrew McCabe, um, I beg to differ with her 
op-ed in the Washington Post that we'll, we'll touch on today, and we'll give you some of the details of. Also, Sarah Carter is going to be reporting for us today. Communications, struck page communications, have now been discovered by congressional investigators reveal that the FBI was improperly coordinating with the Department of Justice officials in an effort to pressure those officials to expedite the foreign intelligence surveillance warrant on a on the Trump associate Carter Page, according to these new documents obtained by Congress and revealed by the House Government Reform and Oversight Committee. And it shows that Strzok and Page were discussing the FBI's difficulty in obtaining the FISA warrant uh, as it relates to Carter Page. And the FBI obtained its first warrant on October 19, 2016, just before the election, three subsequent renewals. But, you know, these were first released at the end of last week, obtained by congressional investigators. And when you get to the bottom of it, you could see that a person that we now have discovered, this guy Lofman, who's now been fired, uh, or has resigned, I guess, to spend more time with the family. Anyway, the DO, he's a DOJ official who worked on Clinton-Russia investigations. He says he's stepping down for personal reasons last month. Now the question is, well, now we're seeing he's up to his eyeballs in all of this, too. And then it goes right to the White House, and what did President Obama know, and when did he know it? Because that, again, it keeps coming back to the fact, and this is why Susan Rice did her CYA Obama said to do everything by the book. Obama said do everything by the book. For all of you who will be reading this in the in the days, weeks, months, and years to come, Obama said in the meeting, do it by the book. I don't believe that for a second, not for one second. All right, but let's start with you got this large caravan of illegal immigrants now from Central America marching all the way through Mexico. Now, it looks like it stopped. And one of the main reasons is that the president said, uh, you better stop it because we have a lot of control over the economy in Mexico. And and after I never I don't think it's the great deal that everyone else has said it was. And the president wants to negotiate freer, fairer trade deals. And while Mexico temporarily was not in the original, okay, treat us fairly or you're on the list. Anyway, it's, it's obviously going to happen, but um, there are so many different reasons why this is important. And the president rightly saying and giving a warning that these caravans of immigrants coming from Central America, that, you know, America cannot be stolen. We are a nation of laws. And I love the fact that I'm reading these people that want to come to America, and I don't blame a lot of them that come from poverty. And I know people that come from Central America, and I know people that come from conditions that no American would ever want to live in. And I know that in many ways they see America as the land of milk and honey, and the streets are paved with gold, or at least golden opportunity. I get it. But there's a legal way to do it and an illegal way to do it. And for Mexico, that has the most stringent anti-immigration laws on the books to be allowing people to march through their country on their way to the American border, uh, says everything you need to know about whether or not Mexico is going to be an ally of the United States. Anyway, they have the absolute power not to let this happen. And what they're doing is they're potentially setting up a confrontation at America's southern border. Because this president's not going to allow caravans of people to just walk across our border. And that means that the military is going to be brought in. And the people that are setting this up, 
Well, that would be the Mexican government. Because Mexico, if you're from Central America and you get caught in Mexico, the first thing that they do is either put you in jail or throw you out of their country. And then they lecture America on how we ought to be treating people. Now, the president warned today that unless Mexican officials block the caravan full of illegal immigrants uh, currently heading for the southern border, he's going to deploy the U.S. military and he will stop these people from crossing into our country. Now, he told reporters gathered at the White House, we're not going to be we are going to be guarding our border with our military. And he said, that's a big step. We can't have people flowing into our country illegally disappearing and never showing up for court, which is pretty much what happens. That's what our that's what our court system allows to happen. Now, let me tell you another thing, because you have Border Patrol agents. They overwhelmingly support President Trump. There's a uh, poll out of Border Patrol agents. Eighty nine percent of line agents support a wall system in strategic locations to secure America's border. Only seven percent disagree. And these are the guys on the front line. You you need to watch some of these shows. I mean, it really is similar to what I saw with my own eyes, you know, the dozen times that I've been down at the border. Anyway, so the president will use the military if, in fact, Mexico allows this to continue on. But, you know, they're putting the president in a horrible position, which probably is something that they want to do. And the Wall Street Journal today pointed out that the Justice Department has now notified immigration judges that they're going to begin evaluating their job performance based on how quickly they close cases aimed at speeding up the deportation process and reducing a a lengthy backlog in this. You know, if somebody is arrested for entering the country illegally, they basically get a ticket and they're told to show up to court. Well, you're not a legal citizen and 99 percent of them never show up for court. So what you got to do is keep them in custody and send them back. You know what they do in Australia? Let's say you're seeking to enter Australia illegally and you're coming in or off the coast or New Zealand. What they do is they meet you out in the water. They're very nice about it. They give you food, water. They'll give you medical assistance if you need it. They throw it. And then you are told to turn your boat around and go back to where you came from. And that if you want to apply, you've got to apply legally. And pretty much that's what Mexico does, I, you know, the audacity of Vicente Fox and others lecturing America on our horrible treatment of immigrants is just a joke. I mean, the hypocrisy is breathtaking. Anyway, the Justice Department now has uh, notified these immigration judges that they got to start doing their job. Now, one other point, I found this uh, in an article. I forget where I saw this today. Somebody sent it to me. I apologize, whoever wrote this. But, you know, there's been everybody's been claiming for the last week that there's no way President Trump will be able to use the military or military funding to build the promised border wall. But guess what? There's a report by the nonpartisan Congressional Research Service that the Defense Department was repeatedly enlisted to help with border wall construction throughout the 90s and the early 2000s. And according to this report, the military has been involved before in putting up Barriers along the U.S.-Mexican border without explicit authorization from Congress, according to a 2009 government report. The Department of Homeland Security, the Defense Department, have previously worked together on border wall construction, according to the report by Congressional Research Service, during President Barack Obama's first year in office. And essentially, Obama, by the way, used to have my position on immigration. 
used to have our position on controlling the borders. But it became politically expedient for him to change his position. Anyway, and essentially the Customs and Border Protection provided money and land while divisions of the Defense Department provided design and labor. And this is a national security issue. That's the way it's got to be treated. And essentially Customs and Border Protective provided all this. And the report claims that the Border Protection entered into a memorandum of agreement with the Engineering and Constructing uh, Construction Support Office of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And the National Guard and a military task force were also involved. I'll read it to you. The Defense Department's Engineering and Construction Support Office managed several components of the construction process for customs and border protection, including planning, acquisition of real estate, drafting the environmental protection plan, designing the project, and formulating the engineering cost, overseeing the construction process, and enforcing the appropriate warranties on most of the tactical infrastructure projects. National Guard units, military units from the Department of Defense Joint Task Force uh, North provided the labor. DOD uses projects as part of their training regimen, leveraging their ability to deploy tactical infrastructure and thereby providing zero labor costs to the Border Patrol. Under the agreement, Customs and Border Patrol bought materials. They acquired the land. The Army Corps of Engineers did the engineering studies, provided the manpower, provided the machinery that were used in installing the fencing. So, I mean, uh, we have precedents by other presidents. And now Mexico claims it's dealing with uh, the migrant caravan. That's their latest stop, that they're going to stop it. Well, the president now has to threaten Mexico with withdrawing from NAFTA and also threatening foreign aid to Honduras as he continues to focus in on what would be a showdown at America's southern border. And on some other points here, Bill Clinton, you know, all the talk about the census question, Bill Clinton's census in 2000. Well, they had a questionnaire that included questions about citizenship. And the Department of uh, Commerce announced that it would include the question among citizenship status in the 2020 census. That sparked outrage among Democrats. The only problem is Bill Clinton's Department of Commerce asked about citizenship in their 2000 census. And the left is so hypocritical on so many different issues. So the president, as I see it, doesn't have much of a choice. Because what other defense does he have but to send the military down there? And if the caravan continues and people are angry and they try and break through the U.S. military, well, what's going to happen? Well, then that's going to precipitate, you know, potentially people dying and all of it being facilitated by the governments in Central America and by the Mexican government, because Mexico has the toughest immigration laws on the books. So we'll see what happens as this thing unfolds. It's, you know, it's, it's getting ugly. 800-941-SHAWN, our toll-free telephone number, if you want to be a part of the program. All right, we have a lot coming up today. We'll uh, get to that. Sarah Carter has a new blockbuster investigation, an investigative report she's going to share with us today. We'll get to that. Uh, also, we will talk to some of those people on the front lines down in California dealing with California sanctuary state law. And uh, we'll also be checking in with Kaylee McEnany and Jeffrey Lord about the abusively biased media in this country. Now, 77 percent of Americans believe that there's a lot of fake news out there. That's up a whopping like 12 points from just last year. You know, the idea that there are people that would love to see this crisis precipitated with this caravan of people literally marching to America's border. You know, um, 
There's a, a political story out today, and uh, I guess one of the president's more contentious policies. Remember, the president had his terrorist travel ban, and it's gradually been implemented as uh, all the judge shopping has gone on in the process. Anyway, but there has been a dramatic reduction in immigration to the U.S. from terrorist hotspots around the world for six countries targeted as the, quote, travel ban by various iterations of the president's travel ban. The drop in visa visas that we have granted have been steep, although none, you know, steep is just steep. By the way, the I see the sales staff is in for more candy. And that did not take long at all. This is the third trip of the day. Uh, but anyway, U.S. visitor visas from countries that are named in the three travel ban policies have plummeted since Donald Trump took office. And by the way, the travel ban, remember, we have a process of vetting people that come from countries. For example, if you come from a country and you've been taught since you're young to abuse women and mistreat women and they're they're fourth class citizens and women can't drive and and marital rape is not a crime in some countries and in other countries, gays and lesbians are killed just for being gay or lesbian and Christians and Jews are persecuted. If it, why is it so god-awful in some people's minds that we want to know that you're not bringing those values that directly contradict our constitutional values and that you believe you want to bring them into America? Is that such an awful thing? All right, so Sean Hannity wants to go to Saudi Arabia, and I think women should be treated equally. I think gays and lesbians should be treated equally and left alone. And I think that uh, Christians and Jews should be able to build churches and temples. And am I allowed? And they don't get to ask me if I want to instill those values if I go to Saudi Arabia. Good luck to me. They're not going to take me. We did make an effort to interview the crown prince on his recent trip to the United States. Uh, Our invitations have been graciously declined. (laughs) I have a lot of questions for you. Anyway, this handful of countries... You know, Chad, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Syria, Yemen, also visitors from North Korea are barred. But the idea is we get to vet you and we get to know that you're going to come here and want to be a part of our family, not here to help destroy us. We'll continue. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. People are finally beginning to get it. Politico. Uh, points out uh, the credibility of the Democratic anti-Trump, destroy Trump media now is falling like a rock. You know, I think why CNN hates me so much is because, you know, we pointed out the 195 times in a day they said the shh hole and actually said the word. I think they hate the fact that we montage the creepy questions of Anderson Cooper. I think they, they, the same questions that he gave to Karen McDougal. I mean, he basically asked every question except, well, can you describe what it looked like? You'd worked for Playboy for some time. You could see him looking at you. Would he, would he call you? He would call me. I would call him, vice versa. So you had his phone number. When he called, did his number show up on the phone? Were you attracted to him? So the, the sex was consensual. You said it sort of ended on a strange note. So what what happened after you had been intimate? Did he actually try to hand you money? Did he ever compare you to any of his kids? I mean, this is a hard question to ask, And but you, you said you had had sex that first time. 
time, all these times you saw him, this was an ongoing sexual relationship. Absolutely. Can you estimate how many times you actually saw him? Yes. You were intimate. Yes. Dozen, many dozens mm-hmm. of times. Um, this is another tough question, um, and again, you don't have to answer it, but it's been raised with other people. Um, did he ever use protection? Oh, do, are we really going to ask these questions now? I mean, it's a consensual relationship. Unbelievable. So now 77% of respondents in a Monmouth poll uh, released yesterday, which is up from 63% uh, just a year ago. And among 31% said they believe the media outlets spread fake news regularly. And, uh, you know, another 46%. Yeah, it happens. Fake news happens. And they're beginning to see that this is happening more and more. And how could you not, you know, see this for what it is? How could you not? And I think people are now beginning to realize that the media, the Trump-Russia collusion story has has been a a witch hunt. You know, we have new details out today, and we'll get to this in the next hour. But, you know, we see the, oh, Mueller's big, big sentencing happened today. The media thought they were hyperventilating this coverage as it relates to Alex Vanderswine and his sentencing today, he got 30 days in jail. 30 days in jail. Yeah, great work, Robert Mueller. Great use of taxpayer dollars. You know, it's funny, yesterday I talked about, you know, there's going to be a civil war in this country. Everybody in the media went nuts. Hannity said a civil war. Hannity's, he's, he said it. I can't. And I described the Civil War as we're not even going to be able to sit at a dinner table when you have relatives that disagree without throwing mashed potatoes as weapons at each other and throwing maybe turkey legs and stuffing and turnips and everything. It's going to be a big national food fight. Civil War. So my Cracker Jack team here on the Sean Hannity show, they actually said, uh, we've heard everybody talk about the coming civil war. Robert, Mo- this is now dividing this country between those of us that see Mueller, his abusively biased team of Democratic donors, and the witch hunt that has been ongoing, and and the media that is is frankly nothing but an extension of all things liberal and all things Democrat, and the American people are fed up. And yeah, it is dividing the country. It's dividing it to the point where, you know, you're either on one side or the other. President now 50% in the Rasmussen poll, 49% don't like him, 50% love him. Although I do argue, and I think others agree with me too, that I think Trump's poll numbers are actually, he polls lower than what his real poll numbers would be. And I think he does because some people just don't want to deal with telling somebody, yeah, I like Donald Trump. I think it's that simple. But, I mean, listen to the media. They say civil war every day. Listen. We are in the midst of a cold civil war in this country, a political and cultural civil war. He is clearly trying to ignite a civil war in this country. A civil war is breaking out in the Democratic Party. It started a civil war in the party. We have almost a state of civic civil war in this country because of the deep divisions in the country, politically and socially, that have been exacerbated by this past election campaign. 
And I think we're, we're going to see an ongoing civil war. It's Donald Trump that's really causing the civil war. He's attacking his fellow Republicans. Tonight we're watching a civil war between mostly southern senators. If, in fact, the Democrats lose uh, on Tuesday in Virginia, um, that uh, it will lead to uh, close to a civil war. Currently engulfed in a civil war. You know we got a civil war with... At least my Civil War had mashed potatoes in it. What? It, it does not have mashed potatoes. I did so. I said that. No, because all you eat is broccoli and cauliflower, and no one's going to get hurt okay, by that. I also eat asparagus, and I have egg whites. That's what I eat every that day. sounds like some dangerous food. No, I eat this twice. See, a- mashed potatoes has some heft. I'm on a diet. Do you mind? You're every- always on a diet. And I come in today, and Linda, I said, I don't want anything for lunch today. Nothing. I never listen to you. And then there's there's bacon, and then there's egg whites. Bacon and, is protein. And then an entire batch of potatoes. That's Sound- good for the stomach. It settles. Okay, my stomach is settled. I feel fine. Thank you very much. Sounds like an American meal to me. No, I'm, I've just decided that I'm sick of having a fat stomach, and I'm getting rid of it now. I'm in the process of it. So I'm doing two things. I'm drinking less beer. I didn't say no beer. I said less beer, less filling, and I'm drinking light beer. And number two, I eat for breakfast and for dinner the same thing. I I grill up some onions, and then I cut up some uh, asparagus, broccoli, and cauliflower, and uh, I put in two egg whites, and I eat that as my my breakfast and my dinner. And I don't eat lunch. What's wrong? Why are you all looking at me like I'm nuts? It actually tastes great. Put some salt on it. It tastes phenomenal. Do you see how much you need to oversell the idea? Why am I? I'm not That's when you know it's not a good idea. You know, like when I come into you and I go, hey, Sean, I want to do this segment. Here's what it's about. You're like, oh, that sounds great, Linda. I don't stand in your office for 10 minutes because, first of all, you don't have the attention span. That's right. And second of all, if it takes me that long to explain it, it's not good. Okay. Tell me what's wrong with eating broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus, and egg whites. I don't need to tell you. Our audience already knows. It has knows. protein. Obviously, I'm getting strong, stronger. Just say no one wants to share a bathroom with you. That's all. I saw the president uh, over the weekend, and he actually said to me, he goes... He said, don't use my bathroom, Sean. <laughs> no, no, he didn't say that. He said, man, you're getting strong. I said, yeah, well, I work out five days a week. And that's how, I get, that's how you get strong. But because you work out so hard, I feel like you need more food, like at least three meals a day, at least. Let me tell you what the truth is. The truth is, is I've tried every diet. I've tried Nutrisystem. Okay, I call BS. Let me tell you why. I've tried the Linda diet. No, you don't try anything. You do something for two days. You're like, it's not working. It's not working. I can try something else. You have the patience of a gnat. You need to let something cultivate, work on you a little bit, rehabilitate your metabolism. Right now, you're just crippling yourself. And- with you pouring everything with tons of salt on it, you're retaining tons of water. Okay. That's not my problem. See, that's your problem. You're bloated. Oh, my gosh. You know, do I have to get beaten up by the staff every... I'm trying to live a healthy lifestyle here. Uh, my genes are not great. Although my parents did nothing for their health. Nothing. They, I, my father never worked out in a day in his life. I mean, he'd like look at a treadmill and he'd go, oh, forget it. I'm not doing that. Well, you don't do the treadmill either. I don't do the treadmill, but I do boxing every Although day. Although you do run down Sixth Avenue, so that's something. I do. I run pretty fast, but I but boxing is a very you know 
strenuous it's a workout. Cardio. It's a cardio workout. It's a cardio workout. It's, now, you do the Peloton workout. I do workout, Peloton, yes. And you only do it two days a week because you're too lazy. You don't oh, want to yeah, do that, it five days it. a week like me. That's what people say when they think of me. Linda, lazy. Well, Linda, why don't you, lazy. Why don't, why don't you do it five days a week? You're right. I'm going to do it seven days a week, and I'm going to start eating cauliflower and broccoli, and you and I can hang out all the time. It's going to be a very saying, good environment. I'm not saying I love it. If I have my way, I would just like to eat anything I want whenever I want, but my metabolism is such, as I've gotten older... That I gotta, I've gotta monitor my intake of food. And the best, there's, I've never. You're the only person that's making fun. Every doctor will tell you to eat more vegetables. Every doctor will tell you to eat more fruits and vegetables. Have you checked your hormone imbalances? Oh, jeez, no, I have no imbalances. Thank you very much. I know Lauren has done a great deal of research on hormone imbalances. Oh my, yeah, okay. Lauren, you would feel like a twenty-year-old if you did that. Oh, so you want me to like start getting shots of uh, testosterone and human growth hormone? Not human growth hormone. Why not? So you always take it too far, Sean. That's the problem. You can't just have one piece of broccoli. No, I got broccoli, no, listen, asparagus, and cauliflower. No one can I, come in the room anymore. Suzanne Summers swears by the fact that she and her husband take small daily doses of testosterone and human growth hormone. You got to start using the thigh master? No. Listen, if you read about it, and I've read about it, I'm not recommending this for anybody, but if you read about it, what you'll find is many people view it as the fountain of youth in some ways because as you get older, as you age, you produce less of those hormones and artificially putting them in your body. Now, if you read deeper into it, they don't like the cardiac impact of it, you know, 20 years later. If you continue to take testosterone human growth hormone, you may risk having a heart attack. You have to offset that by drinking a lot of wine then. All right, you, you people, listen, why am I talking to people, and I'm looking at, they have, let's see, Moonshine and I just had half a Johnny Walker Black sitting in front of me, and that's what you guys are, are I'm, I'm listening to you people. You know, the only one that's not weighing in on this is Jason. Why not? Why are you so quiet today? Jason doesn't uh, even know the proper weight on his dumbbar, dumbbell, whatever it's called. <laughs> Yeah. Well, why don't you get it right? Dumbbell, dumbbar. You do what you want. I would no. Nobody's going to talk you out of doing anything. So you just do you. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. All right. Let's get to our phones uh, as we say hi to Tracy. Is in Flagstaff in Arizona on the Sean Hannity Show. Hi. Hi. What's up, Tracy? What's going on? Hey, I want to talk to you about the real motivation behind inundating America with uh, illegal aliens from around the globe. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's being spelled out near enough in the media. Um, These illegals and their generations are just going to overwhelmingly be Democrat voters. Listen, I'm Uh, uh, well, if I listen, that's what the Democratic Party, their long term strategy is. And they think if we have some type of amnesty, odds are pretty high that people will vote Democratic. So they're doing it for votes. I don't I don't dispute that, nor do Democrats. They even are open about it. It's all true. Uh, You know, and I'm hearing, you know, how much they care about the immigrants. And I mean, honestly, they don't. They just want the votes. And that's what I wanted to say. All right, Tracy. Carl is in uh, Newport, Ritchie, Florida. What's up? How are you? I'm great, Sean. How are you? I'm good, sir. What can I do for you? Uh, I was in the military for uh, 10 years, seven in the Navy and three in the Air Force. And well, thank you. Every yeah. branch. Thank you. And every branch has uh, civil engineers and they have uh, people that build walls and bases all over the world. Why can't we use the military? We're paying them anyway. We took an oath to serve and protect our country from foreign domestic. And why can't we just use them to build the wall, save the money? And be done with it. We can, and it's going to get done. 
And if they can't do it and Republicans don't go back into Congress, use the nuclear option and fund it, then they're going to pay the price at the polls. They'll blame Donald Trump, but they'll have nobody really but themselves to blame. All right, Sylvia is in uh, beautiful Destin, Florida, at the Panhandle. What's up, Susan? How are you? Sylvia. I'm sorry, Sylvia. I once got so sunburned in Destin and Fort Walton Beach, literally I was, like, shivering in pain. Oh, I'm sorry. You should come down. There's so many people here. We can barely get down the road. But anyway, I want to tell you, you're eating, like, not good. Oh, boy. Um. You're not getting enough protein, and you're working out, so you're going to deplete your muscles. No, no, no. I put egg whites in every meal. There's a lot of protein in egg whites. There's more in the egg yolks, and there's lutein in the egg yolks that help your eyes. Well, about every third meal, I'll put use the egg yolks. But you will have muscle depletion. You're not getting enough calories for as much as you work out. And also, if you use testosterone, you'll feel a lot better. You'll feel younger. It helps with the collagen and keeps you young. I Listen, I've read all about it. I'm not against it. I know my doctor's going to have a fit when he finds out I'm talking about all this. You know what he says? Well, why don't you just go refer to Why you even bother calling me? calling me when you could just refer to Dr. Google? He mocks me because I read no. it on Google. He goes, go talk to Dr. Well, Google that. about your latest uh, symptom. I, obviously, I'm only a doctor that's done this my whole life. Why should you listen to me? Go talk to Dr. Well, Google. You need, a, you need a second opinion, Sean. You, you definitely need a second opinion. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of opinions here, and everyone is against what I'm eating, uh, apparently, which I didn't know it was such a bad thing to eat vegetables and, and egg whites. Oh, man. All right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to make a steak in everybody's honor tonight and celebrate. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free uh, telephone number. All right, we're going to go to California, the sanctuary state, and this potential showdown with this caravan and what it could mean. Uh, then Sarah Carter has new investigative work she's going to share with us today. And uh, we'll, we have the best montages on how corrupt your media is. That's all straight ahead. All right, when we come back, we head out to the sanctuary state of California as we check. You know, this poor woman who's a supervisor from the 2nd District in Orange County was called a the B-word and more because she believes in enforcing the rule of law and federal law as well. They'll join us. Then we'll check in with Sarah Carter, Kaylee McEnany, Jeff Lord join us today. Sarah's got some breaking news and your calls, 800-941-SEAN. Straight ahead. Congress will get their act together and get in and create some very powerful laws like Mexico has and like Canada has and like almost all countries have. We don't have laws. We have catch and release. You catch and then you immediately release and people come back years later for a court case, except they virtually never come back. So what we are preparing for the military to secure our border between Mexico and the United States. So Mexico has, uh, at this moment, it seems they've broken up large numbers of that particular caravan, and uh, we'll see what happens. But we're prepared at our border. We cannot have people flowing into our country illegally, disappearing, and by the way, never showing up to court. So the court case will be set for two years or three years, if you can believe this, and they never show up. For the most part, very rarely do they show up. Plus, if you notice, they're trying to hire thousands of judges. So every person that walks across and they're taught to say the right thing, 
They walk across and then they go and they're supposed to go to court. So we're supposed to have thousands of judges because we cannot have them taken out. We have to bring them before a ridiculous court system. We have to change our policies fast, just like we have to change on sanctuary cities. If you look at what's happening in California, they're having revolts out there because there are a lot of areas, Orange County and others. They don't want to have sanctuary cities, which are guarding criminals. All right, that was the president from earlier today, and uh, he's now making a lot of announcements. The president vowing to use the military to repel this caravan or so-called caravan, a migrant caravan that's coming into the United States. Uh, Similarly, the president has been very strong in just stating matter-of-factly that the laws of the land are going to be used. He went on to say, too, that the United States... Uh, Our country is literally being stolen, and Mexico has the absolute power not to let these large caravans from Central America uh, enter their country. They must stop them before they get to their northern border. And then on top of that, the administration now pushing to speed up the deportation process. One interesting piece of information that I pointed out earlier is the military was used for border wall construction under Presidents Clinton and Bush. Mexico claims they're, quote, dealing with the migrant caravan, but they really haven't done a whole lot if we really look at it. One interesting development, too, as it relates to the census question, Bill Clinton used that question in 2000, asking people about their citizenship. That seems to have been forgotten uh, in all of this. And then the question of whether or not the president would be able to allocate for national security purposes money from the Defense Department so that he can finish the entire wall and build the whole thing and appropriate all the money for it. All right, joining us now, Colonel Gregory Raths is with us, United States Marine Corps, retired as the current mayor pro tem of Mission Viejo, California. Brandon Judd is the president of the National uh, Border Patrol Council and 20 years active Border Patrol veteran. Michael Steele is with us, supervisor from the 2nd District of Orange County. And uh, all of you, thank you for being with us. Uh, let's start with you, Gregory Raths. Uh, let's talk about Mission Viejo and what's going on there in particular. Absolutely, Sean. Uh, last week, we city council. There's five of us, and we voted five to zero, uh, supporting a resolution to support concept that this law SB 54, which is called the Trust Act here in uh, California, is bad. And we're in the Charter City of Los Alamitos. They, they uh, voted on a ordinance to not obey this law, and we also joined the uh, amicus brief uh, supporting the federal lawsuit against our state. And people here are fed up with this sanctuary city that's going around the state of California. Yeah, but the bottom line, Brandon Judd, is that the state of California has decided that federal laws uh, don't matter to them. They're not only not abiding by federal law, but they're even going as far as to aiding and abetting criminal illegal immigrants that are in in the criminal justice system in some way by not allowing federal authorities to know when they're letting them out. What we have to do is is we have to look at Attorney General Sessions and and ask him to look at into prosecuting these individuals that are in fact aiding and abetting that are that are letting these individuals loose onto our streets. Um, lawsuits need to be filed by citizens of of California, um, Kate Stanley's family, um, so on and so forth. And if we do that, we we will be able to put the requisite pressure to ensure that the, the proper changes are made. Yeah, and I'm trying to understand, Michelle Steele, a supervisor from the 2nd uh, District in Orange County, explain to me, Michelle, 
you know, what you've been doing in Orange County. I don't know the undersheriff. I had him on TV. You guys have taken a lot of heat and even a threat from the attorney general in California that uh, they're going to go after you for just trying to enforce what is the law of the land. Exactly. You know what? As a supervisor, we have uh, 3.2 million people living in our uh, county. Um, Since January till March, there's 172 criminal illegal aliens were released from the jail. And they used to be transferred to ICE to get deported. Now they're walking on the street. This is very dangerous because government's first duty is public safety. So that's why I put the resolution together. And then, you know, we are moving. Actually, we're going to join Jeff Session or, you know, we're going to do our own. But California's bad law, SB 54, that is actually holding hands of law, legal, legal in law enforcement that their hands tied and they cannot really do anything means when it's a bad law we have to change it that's why we're all working together especially not just orange county but you know fresno city and other counties Uh, are joining us at that foxnews.com has an article that you've been called a racist and then the b word for opposing the sanctuary law who called you that (laughs) miss Steele? One of the, you know, one of the person, I'm first generation Korean American and I speak Korean and Japanese, my second and English, my third. I was never, never called as a racist, but you know what? It was racist, big B, and that was really amazing. And you know what? People attacked me. One guy called me yesterday and he said, you know, Orange County is opt out from the uh, state. He wants to opt out from the county. I said, you have a choice. You can do whatever you want. He was screaming at me that, you know what, I'm wasting taxpayers' money. No, actually, state is the one actually brought us what, into the chaos. What are so you going to do stop. if the state attorney general comes to arrest you? <laughs> you know what? I have my husband is a great attorney, and we have a great legal system. And what he's, you know, uh, Becerra is a... Uh, you know, doing whatever he's doing is wrong. So I know I'm going to win no matter what. Well, let me ask you, Gregory uh, Ratz, you have a background in the Marine Corps. The president said he will use the military if possible to stop, if need be, to stop this caravan of people. How do you do that? Absolutely. We got 35,000 troops in Korea protecting that border. Why can't we put a few down on our border? It just doesn't make sense. As I spent 30 years in the Marine Corps, and I've always advocated that why don't we protect our own border? I've had four combat tours. We protect all these other countries. Let's protect our own. And just what's going on here in California, uh, Sean, is that over the last 15 years, over 190 bases, shipyards, hospitals, airfields have been shut down in California. The state does not support the military, and I'm very upset with the way our state is going, especially with this resolution. But there's a bunch of citizens heading down to the border as we speak to ensure that this caravan does not cross our border. Listen, I understand the citizens going down there, but, you know, you're looking at a potential for some type of violence down there, and nobody wants to see that. And it's really being precipitated by people from Central American countries. But really, the, the people to blame in all of this would be the Mexican government for allowing this to happen, because Mexico has very strong immigration policies. They throw you in jail. They kick you out of the country. There's no questions asked. And then they lecture America about how we should be handling such things. 
Well, well we have and, to look at we have to look at what's currently going on, and, and you have to whether you're left, right, or in the middle. If you are an advocate of border security, you have to be impressed what President Trump has done. He put the the pressure on the Mexican government. The Mexican government, it appears that they've broken up that caravan. They had no intention of doing that. What we know is we know that the Mexican government is corrupt. We know that this is a multi-billion-dollar industry. We know that they facilitate the smuggling because that money comes back to the Mexican economy. And so when President Trump put that pressure on uh, the Mexican government, they did in fact break that up. And so you have to say he is doing the job that he was elected to do. Now what we have to have is we have to have the Republicans in Congress get behind him and pass the laws that are necessary to close the loopholes that don't that don't allow catch and release anymore. Because even if we do have the National Guard down on the border, if somebody put steps one foot into the United States illegally, we have to take them into custody. And if we take them into custody, they're going to ultimately be released under the catch and release um, program. That's where that's where well, the, the problem is. The you you can't let them in the country. That's the issue that is at stake here. Here's what the president said about potentially using the military to guard the border. And we are going to be doing some things. I've been speaking with General Mattis. We're going to be doing things military until we can have a wall and proper security. We're going to be guarding our border with the military. That's a big step. We really haven't done that before, or certainly not very much before. But we will be doing things with Mexico, and they have to do it. Otherwise, I'm not going to do the NAFTA deal. NAFTA's been fantastic for Mexico, bad for us. We've had our car plants move to Mexico, many of them. We make tremendous numbers, millions of cars in Mexico that years ago didn't exist. They closed in Michigan, they closed in Ohio, they closed in other places. Now they're starting to move back because of what we've done with regulation and with taxes. They're starting to come back into our country in a big way. But I told Mexico very strongly, you're going to have to do something about these caravans that are coming up. And I just noticed that the caravan now, which is toward the middle of Mexico, coming up from Honduras, is breaking up very rapidly. That's because Mexico has very strong immigration laws, as we should have. We should have those laws. We don't have. We have, we have immigration laws that are laughed at by everybody. And it's got to be changed. We need the wall. We need the protection. And we have to change our immigration laws at the border and elsewhere. The great irony, Michelle, is that Mexico deals with illegal immigration in a much harsher uh, manner than we do. I mean, they kick people out immediately or they put them to jail and then kick them out. And then they lecture America on how we need to be uh, have open borders. Isn't that amazing? Because, but you know what? I, we should look at the situation with our critical eye on our immigration system. What has to be updated and fixed? And President Trump is actually doing a great job because he wants to withhold financial aid to Mexico, Honduras, and other Central Americas who send all these illegal aliens and drugs to United States. And that's a good thing. And he wants to deal with the NAFTA. You know what? And then he demands Congress to act now. I think this is the you know opportunity that Congress to take action right now to fix it. Of course, you know, as an immigrant, as a first generation immigrant, you know, we welcome refugees and immigrants, but they always need to be go through you know thorough. How many how long how many years did it take you and your family to get 
get into this country legally, Michelle? I came in as a student, and mm-hmm. it took three years for me. So you know what? But they went through really thorough that all my background check, and that has to be done. But every person coming into the United States is who they say they are is the most important because I always go back to the public safety. You cannot just bring everybody in, especially people just walking in across Mexico border. That's not going to work. So we, yeah, we really gotta... have to fix the immigration. More with Michelle Steele, more with Brandon Judd, and more with Gregory Rass uh, all coming up here. Sarah Carter has some new developments as it relates to Deep State Gate. That's at the bottom of the hour. Then Kaylee McEnany and Jeff Lord will check in with us. 800-941-SEAN is a toll-free number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, as we continue with Colonel Gregory Rass, uh, U.S. Marine Corps, retired, is currently the mayor pro tem of Mission Viejo, California. Brandon Judd is the president of the National uh, Border Patrol Council and 20-year active Border Patrol veteran. Michelle Steele, supervisor from the 2nd District of Orange County. And uh, I thank you all for being here. All right, so assuming that Mexico now, out of fear of economic repercussions, is now going to break up this caravan and not allow people from Central America to make it to the border where a conflict would take place. Now the president rightly has said that the military is going to now guard the U.S.-Mexican border until a wall can be built. Now there is precedence for this, uh, Brandon, and that is under the Clinton administrations and under the Bush administrations, the military was used in part to build the wall. I worked side-by-side with the military as they were building some of the walls in Arizona. I also worked side-by-side with the military as they augmented our operations um, with eyes and sight. And what that did was that increased the certainty of apprehension. When we arrest more people than get away, we put a dent into the cartel's bottom line. And if we can continue to drive the the prices down to where they can't uh, afford to function we'll win this war but the problem is again we have to have the wall because you have to have a physical barrier that's going to keep them out because even if we have the military holding hands on the border it's kind of like playing red rover if somebody comes up and there's a big push one foot into the united states says that we have to take them into custody well the idea we we ought to be able to do what australia and new zealand what they do and that's send them back on their merry way and not waste a lot of time uh thank you all for being with us we'll continue to monitor uh, all of this when we come back sarah carter the latest on deep state gate and new developments today that'll blow your mind that and more straight ahead all right 25 till the top of the hour a lot of big news as it relates to deep state gate as we continue to literally unpeel layer by layer of this onion uh one big issue that came up today the media was breathlessly reporting all day that the first russiagate desperado to get convicted as part of Mueller's uh fishing expedition has now been sentenced in court. I guess this guy, what's his name? Alex Vanderswan. His sentence was handed down. Reporters, I guess they must have thought it was going to be 10, 20, 30 years in jail. After all, this was the first punishment ever pre- announced as part of the investigation into Russia's supposed hijacking of the presidential election. Anyway, so, well, what did he get? What was the sentence? A big fat 30 days in jail. I've seen longer sentences for people that have speeding tickets and drunk driving. And we have other developments that we are following today. One has to do with the U.S. Department of Justice naming an experienced former federal prosecutor. This is back in, uh, when was this? 
Uh, this was back in 2014. All right. Federal prosecutors oversee counterespionage efforts, part of the broader restructuring of the national security prosecution team with cyber attacks and the threat of sensitive technology ending up in the wrong hands. This is around the time that Devin Nunes was warning and writing in the Washington Times and warning then-President Obama that the Russians actually wanted to influence the 2016 elections. And, of course, he scoffed at the idea, and he did absolutely nothing in the end. Uh, But the point is David Laughlin is an important name that we now have to understand and remember here because, well, Sarah Carter is here to explain why. Sarah Carter has a new column out today. How are you? I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you so much. Yeah, David Laughlin is an important name because he he was basically the guy at the DOJ that was really in charge of the investigations um, and and had a lot of say. He was also very close to Sally Yates, who you know was was fired uh, by President Trump when uh, she refused to basically adhere to his um, immigration policy at the time. Lofman actually left uh, the DOJ in March. Um, he was a long, long time served with the department. When you say uh, left, he left this past March and nobody knew about Correct. it. Yeah, nobody really knew about it. It was it was really kind of quiet. He kind of walked off into the night, um, but he was mentioned uh, often. Uh, not uh, and, and according to congressional uh, sources that I've spoken with, in text messages between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, some of which have already been revealed, and and some of which are in my story. And I don't think a lot of people. Sp- paid a lot of attention to what was going on with Lofman and what was going on with the FBI, uh, particularly when they had no exposure to these text messages. And now we see that there was actually conflict, and, and they, were, they were after each other, the FBI and the DOJ, on trying to get these FISA warrants, uh, particularly the FISA warrant on Carter Page uh, in October, which eventually he got, uh, they got in October 19th, uh, 2016. Uh, But before that, there was a lot of push and pull between the FBI and the FBI was really strong arming people within the DOJ. In other words, we have new communications that were discovered by congressional investigators show that the FBI was improperly coordinating with the Department of Justice officials in an effort to pressure those officials to expedite the foreign intelligence surveillance warrant Uh, against the Trump associate, Carter Page, and the House Oversight Government Reform Committee. These text messages between Strzok and Page once again were discussing the FBI's difficulty in getting that warrant to spy on Page. Explain how that dovetails into Laughlin. Well, so Lofman then text messages, you know, back and forth, I mean, uh, uh, and I guess discusses this, not text messages, but discusses this with Peter Strzok. And Peter Strzok then text messages Lisa Page and tells him, you know, hey, look, I've been dealing with Lofman on this. He's really aggravating me. That was in March. And then back and then in September, he text messages her again and says, you know, I'm hearing from Lofman that they're not happy with how we've handled this. And they're kind of holding this off, you know, the Eastern District of, of New York is holding this off. Uh, they were actually uh, part of the uh, Justice Department's uh, group that was handling these warrants. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, what you get is uh, somebody else from the Justice Department who is involved in this um, goes to 
actually goes to the White House, visits the White House, and uh, that was several days after these text messages are back and forth, these exchanges between the two uh, FBI agents, and visits with President Obama. And then less than a month later, you get the FISA warrants on Carter Page. And the question here is, how much did President Obama know? How much did people in the White House know about this investigation? And more importantly, Sean, how involved were they in this investigation? All right, I want to slow it down again just for clarity here. So these new communications, so here you have this guy, Laughlin. Then you've got the lovebirds, Page and Strzok, are texting each other. I'm getting aggravated at Laughlin. Uh, a 2016 message from Strzok to, to Page says... And congressional investigators are pointing out that this new communication suggests that the conflict gets deeper in the following months because now we're getting close to election time. And then in September of 2016, Lisa Page is saying, oh, just make sure I understand where things are redacted, uh, trying to walk Axelrod, Matthew Axelrod, a DOJ prosecutor. And this is where the DOJ and the FBI are coordinating, if you will, because he's so angry with how this came over to them. And I told her not to put herself out too much. If Matt wants to call and yell at Andy, meaning Andrew McCabe, who she's supposed to be the attorney for, uh, that's fine. And Axelrod was the top former top deputy to then acting attorney general Yates. So when you put it all together, take it from there. When you put it all together, you see how they were coordinating amongst each other, according to congressional officials who are looking at this evidence. I mean, and this is, and remember, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more here that they haven't been able to see. So a lot of this has been a real big struggle for congressional investigators on all the committees, both the House Intelligence Committee, the House Oversight Committee, the Senate Judiciary Committee, and others like Representative Goodlot, who are now forcing the hand of, uh, of the FBI to turn over the documents. So what we're seeing here is basically on the surface a coordination, and you're 100% right. You know, when they reference Andy, they're referencing, you know, former FBI Director Andrew McCabe. And all of the consequential and incidental things that he was involved in during this investigation. Um, let's go back to Matthew Axelrod because he's very important. I mean, he was the top deputy at that point in time to acting Attorney General Sally Yates as well. So we see, you know, you have David Lofman, who is significantly involved, has a very high-level security clearance, is in charge of the, you know, the Hillary Clinton uh, investigation as well as as well as the Russia investigation into the 2016 election, Russia's involvement or or non-involvement, depending on how you look at it, into the 2016 election, and mainly Trump. And then you have Matthew Axelrod, who's there again, a top deputy to acting director Sally Yates. So they're all connected. And now you have all these people connected to the highest levels of the FBI and the investigation into Russia. And then all of these people are also connected based on the evidence that we see now, based on the documentation that we see now early on in the investigation with the White House, the FBI and the CIA. So what about Lofman stepping down in all of this? How do you interpret that? Well, that's really interesting because they never revealed, Sean, the reason why. It was basically for personal reasons, for family reasons, and he just kind of walked away from it. Now, I've talked to sources who have said as things started getting heated, as his name became more apparent, and I believe he also has been interviewed uh, by the inspector general, that he decided himself to walk away before things got too hot and heavy, and he decided to just move out. Um, 
because this is a man that has spent and dedicated his life to the law. I mean, he was a top-notch prosecutor. He dealt with national security issues. And obviously his involvement in this is very concerning to some. You know, I've spoken to people who have said that, you know, David Lofman is kind of the missing link in all of this. I've spoken to others who said, look, Lofman, I don't think would ever violate the law or leak. But as we've seen from the evidence that uh, has appeared uh, both with the House Intelligence Committee and the other committees investigating this, we've seen a number of people that I don't think people expected to find information on who were actually leaking or who were coordinating, um, one of them being but, James Clapper. But the thing um, is, he worked on the Clinton-Russia investigation. Step- absolutely. He yeah. was heavily involved in the Clinton-Russia investigation. He was also heavily involved, like I said, yeah. you know, um, in, in the Internet, when they, were, when they were actually investigating Hillary Clinton for her use of a private email service. What do you make of uh, this measly 30 days in jail for Alex von uh, von der Zwan? I think that's really, uh, I think you were right when you said that there were people expecting this big jail sentence or expecting some kind of major um, revelation. Uh, it was like a, it's like a slap on the wrist. I, I mean, what you can see right here is that the special counsel is trying to collect notches once again for one mm-hmm. count of lying, right? It was the same thing they did to Flynn, the same thing they did to George Papadopoulos. It's the same reason we're hearing from attorneys and other people who are saying, Please don't let President Trump uh, speak to, uh, you know, to Mueller or the special counsel's office, because what they're looking for is just anything that they can get him to entrap him in or corner him in, which is what we've seen with all of these other cases. Um, I was speaking to a source who uh, at the time was very close to Flynn and uh, said to me, you know, I, I was asking whether or not, you know, would Flynn's attorney uh, be willing to withdraw that guilty plea? Do we know anything? Are we hearing anything? Um, a lot of people that were close to Flynn uh, would hope that his attorney would do that, or maybe there's some new strategy in place, you know, with all of this evidence coming out. Uh, one of the things they did say, you know, with all of the revelations about McCabe, particularly the fact that we know now that he lied uh, four times uh, to the um, to the uh, investigators and, and the inspector general uh, that were conducting this investigation, you know, everything that he's touched is kind of like fruit from the poisonous tree. Um, So how are they going to handle that? i got to take a break. We'll come back. I want to ask you about Andrew McCabe's wife and her op-ed that she wrote in the Washington Post. We'll get to that. Well, more with Sarah Carter uh, at the top of the hour. We're going to cover media bias like nobody else can, and we've got the best montages to prove it. An amazing Hannity tonight at 9, and we'll take your calls in the next hour as well. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. Right, as we continue, investigative reporter Sarah Carter is with us. Uh, all right, so the wife of the former deputy FBI director, Andrew McCabe, has taken to the uh, op-ed uh, page of the Washington Post, and the president attacked my reputation. It's time to now set the record straight. Um, now, her husband was in a position that he had to do all sorts of things that were involved in politics, uh, and I, I've read it closely, and I know she's outraged and that the president's talked about it, but... She did get $700,000 in money raised for a Senate campaign in the state of Virginia uh, by the Clintons' best friend. And that guy's name is Terry McAuliffe. Her husband did work for the FBI. Now, she's claiming that, well, the, the investigations into the Clinton email server scandal were later. Um, I'm not so sure I buy it. What are your thoughts? 
No, I, I don't. And I mean, I understand that, you know, as a wife, she's probably outraged. She probably does feel like her life has been turned upside down where, you know, nobody wants to take that away from her. Those are her feelings. But her op-ed is, is patently false on its face, if you look at it. You know, she said that there was, uh, you know, that these presidential tweets and uh, the twisted reporting based on the fact that she ran for office, you know, uh, was the reason that her husband lost his job. Uh, and and a significant portion of their her pension. husband lied under oath. I, as I understand it, four separate times when he was being investigated. Absolutely, and that's the reason that he lost his job. And you know, if if you're talking about uh, collusion or that there's some type of, uh, you know, if the pre- she's she's claiming that the president went after them, you know, and went after her husband, and that other people are going after her husband. No, just look at what happened during this uh, alleged investigation into Trump collusion with Russia. I mean, if, if anything, what we've seen is insurmountable evidence. I mean, Sean, insurmountable evidence that there were people within the Obama administration colluding with, with, with the FBI, with others, in order to kind of corner President Trump. We saw with the Hillary Clinton investigation that there was no real investigation. I mean, even when Comey, even when she was interviewed, she was interviewed, she didn't have to take oaths, they didn't have transcription of Hillary Clinton's interview. They 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 they, they had the long interview. written they had long written her exoneration, and just two days after the so-called That's interview, right. uh, it ends up that Strzok, who did the interview along with one other FBI agent, that Strzok with Page hated the president, but also were working in conjunction with Andrew McCabe. And the same issue rose with Andrew McCabe. Remember, there was a lot of concern among sources that I spoke with in the FBI, both former and current sources within the FBI, that Andrew McCabe was making the same type of disparaging comments, you know, before and after the election, and that there was a lot of internal bias inside the FBI. So even the foundation, and now that we see all the evidence pouring out, I mean, regarding the dossier, that the, even, even Christopher Steele, the former ex-British spy, admitted that he didn't verify anything in the dossier. I've I've got to, we're going to have more on this tonight, an amazing column uh, by Sarah Carter, her website, sarahacarter.com, and we link it to Hannity.com. We'll have a lot more on that. All right, glad you're with us, Sean Hannity Show. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, Where are my earpieces? I have, yeah, in there, right there. Uh, we have some breaking news, A Pen. Thanks. Uh, at this hour, this is just unfolding before us. I've started getting reports about like 30 minutes ago that there might be an active shooter. It turns out it's confirmed that there's an active shooter at the YouTube headquarters. Now, this is in San Bruno, uh, California, around San Francisco. And the shooting appears to have happened in an outdoor cafe on the grounds of the facility. First reports are that this is a woman. Uh, that is involved in the shooting or the person involved shooting. Police uh, were seen laying down evidence markers near the uh, seating area of the cafe and police near the area reporting report hearing shots and police activity. Lockdown procedures are in full effect. Uh, the local KPIX five reporters out there say that at least two Homeland Security units had responded. Police radio transmissions describe casualties now being taken to local hospitals San Francisco General Hospital spokesperson Brent Andrews said the hospital received patients from the incident, couldn't confirm an exact number. And Stanford University Hospital says they have received four or five patients 
uh, from this incident. Now, one person that works at the facility wrote on Twitter, I guess about 4 o'clock Eastern, a little after 4 Eastern, 1 o'clock on the West Coast, that he heard shots, saw people running while at his desk before barricading himself inside a room with other coworkers. And uh, anyway, let's go Fox uh, News Channel. They have their live coverage. Let's go to that for just a second to get an update. And she was running, could barely run. But he shot like three times at her. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the person shot, but, but the person who was inside that shot her. So then when they shot her, he missed two times. And, and then he shot that girl in the leg. Okay. And, then, and, then, and then I ran over there by the trees. Then I went up there. Then the, then the guy that was working there, he was going to go inside. Uh-huh. But they were having a party. Wait, so who was having a party? Yep. Okay. The uh, uh, YouTube's having oh, a party. I see. They were having a luncheon, a party. Mm-hmm. It was just going to start. And then, and then, so the girl ran, ran in there. Then we, then she ran in, Carl Jr.'s to the side door. We opened the door let, and let her in at the same time. And then when she was in there, we took a bunch of napkins, like a stack of them like that, put them on her leg. Then, right after that, I ran to the side, went to the back, and I ran, I ran over there. Mm-hmm. And when I ran over there, I got pictures on my phone, but my phone's died, but. Mm-hmm. Then, then the girl. There's another lady. She's laying on the opposite side in the courtyard, okay. to the north side of the courtyard, mm-hmm. by the entrance of the doors. And she was, then she's dead. She's dead because when he shot that person, he, whoever was it, was it the shotter, shot that person like ten times. Did not stop. I mean, it was didn't stop. It didn't stop. It was like massive. He shot her ten times. The, like the, the second person shot the person at least ten times. Then, then after that. She, I heard four more shots, and then it stopped. And then I looked, went, and then we went over there, and then and I looked, and then and there was no, no, there was no cops, and there was no enforcement here whatsoever. So this is and in it, the Carl's Jr. parking lot. No, this is in, in in the courtyard, in the back courtyard of YouTube. Of YouTube, inside, inside. Yeah, yeah. So this was this happened during a YouTube YouTube party. Yeah. At their headquarters. Yeah, inside. Inside. In the courtyard. And this shooter walked in from outside. No, the the person was inside. He was inside already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just opened fire. Just yeah. And where, oh. where, where were you? Right, right across the street. What were you doing? Getting ready to order my food at the speaker at the loudspeaker for Carl's Juniors. So okay. I, I was I was getting ready to order my food. We were deciding what we were going to eat right okay. on the menu. And then all of a sudden, you like, well, man, it was just like two, three shots. And then like within 30 seconds after that or 40 seconds after that, then I seen the girl running, running out. And then she was shot in the leg. Then, she, we, then the other people that were behind me, they opened the doors, let her in, pulled her in, and they put, grabbed my bunch of nappies. So I come back, and I, I check on the girl, and then I checked on the girl. She all right? She yeah, yeah, she got shot in the leg. So then I ran back over there, and then I'm looking inside, and then when I'm looking, then the other guy goes, oh, she just he just shot the other person. And that person got shot ten times. I mean. So you could see into the courtyard. Yeah, yeah, I got you the pictures on my phone. Shooter. What did the shooter look like? I, I didn't see the shooter, okay? Where's your phone? In my pocket. Can I take a look at the what you have? Yeah, if you want to. I mean, but it's dead. But you got to charge it. Let's see. <laughs> got an iPhone? No, I got a, 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 a so LG, LG. A disturbing it? account of what has apparently been. An- All right, that is uh, an eyewitness to the shooting who described that in one particular case. This is, it happened apparently at the YouTube headquarters where they were having apparently some type of gathering or party together in a courtyard. Remember, this is San Francisco. The weather's warm. And uh, apparently the shooter shot two to three shots. We don't know what happened in that initial shooting. And this eyewitness witnessed one particular woman getting shot 
at least 10 times. And from what we understand, that person has not survived. This is very preliminary, and we don't want to make any mistakes here. Um, Then four more shots rang out. One other person was shot in the leg. Uh, We're told by uh, a local hostess at a a nearby restaurant and pub uh, that, in fact, we saw lots of cops, firefighters. We didn't see any people, just a lot of trucks, a lot of street movement. And you can see there's a heavy police presence there now. Jonathan Gillum and Don Bongino, Dan Bongino, join us right now to talk about it. Um, you know, it sounds again like something that was uh, premeditated, preplanned, and you know, we haven't gotten any word yet at this point whether or not they've been able to apprehend the shooter. Dan. Yeah, Sean. I mean, that's you know, after the Columbine shooting, everything changed. Now it's go to the problem first, maximum to the problem right away, take down the problem, even if it means bypassing potential victims and even uh, you know serious medical emergencies, people who've been shot or fell or otherwise, in order to take them down right away. Because as we've seen in a lot of these active shooter case, active shooter cases, excuse me, they won't stop, Sean. They won't stop until they are confronted by a police officer or someone else trained with a firearm to stop that incident. After that, you'll usually see them either stop what they're doing, engage uh, the good guy with a gun, or sometimes they'll kill themselves. So, yeah, the, all the tactics changed after that, and, you know, we'll see uh, as the facts come out what exactly happened here. I think motive, obviously, is still, uh, is, we're still far from that, so we'll see. The Hollywood Reporter is now reporting that a number of patients with gunshot wounds have been received at Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital hospital as part of this uh, active shooting situation at YouTube headquarters outside of San Francisco. Uh, There have been no patients, quote, dead on arrival. The Hollywood Reporter is now uh, put out there. Earlier, of course, police responding to this active shooter. Uh, Police tweeting about the incident uh, from earlier today, warning people to stay away from the area. And nearly an hour after YouTube employees first began to tweet about the incident, The field division of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives tweeted that they've responded to this particular incident. So all law enforcement are on the scene. One staffer at YouTube who asked not to be identified told The Hollywood Reporter that lunch was just wrapping up when few uh, when fellow employees began sprinting through the parking lot. And uh, they have been evacuated now to another building. Another product manager tweeted that he was sitting in a meeting and heard people running and it seemed serious and not like a drill. And he also claimed to see blood on the floor and on the stairs. Uh, So Jonathan Gillum, again, we don't know at this point. Well, hang on. We just yeah, we're still we just know there's an active shooter. We have not been able to. Well, now the city manager has just said that the area is relatively secure. So I've got to imagine up oh, now, Hank. This is breaking news. The female suspect is deceased at the scene, which was what Dan Bongino predicted might happen just seconds ago. Female suspect is deceased at the scene, and we have an unknown number of victims at this time. Jonathan. Yeah, I tell you, after listening to uh, the different witnesses on the news, um, one of the things that we have to always guard against is the difference, uh, different things that these witnesses see. Um, it's best to, you know, as we're doing now, waiting on the official word. But uh, this from the very beginning of the way that uh, some of these witnesses were describing um, specific people getting shot sounded to me like either workplace violence or a domestic uh, type of incident because certain people were being targeted. You don't sit and shoot one particular person 10 times. In, uh, the active shooters don't in most of these situations. 
So um, it very well could be that the individual killed themselves, which sometimes happens in domestic uh, incidents or the law enforcement got in there and uh, eliminated the threat. Either way, we're seeing that uh, this type of, of a response, the actual shooter response, was was followed correctly in this situation. And um, But it is interesting uh, how YouTube is uh, is the place where this happened with their recent anti-gun stuff on their uh, on their website and it's uh you know there's going to be a lot of uh, political stuff coming out about this almost immediately well listen it's a re- it's it's instantly going to be turned into yet another gun debate but i go back to what i've always said and if we really want to protect people in churches and in schools and at the workplace the answer is you got to do a full security threat assessment of the area that you need secure you need ids you need metal detectors and you need a concealed carry, retired military, police uh, in a heavy presence. And in this day and age, I mean, we could do it in our schools, I think, relatively cheaply because you could just give these guys that volunteer 15, 20 hours a week. They don't have to pay any federal, state or local taxes, period. And I guarantee you people would be signing up just for the service aspect of it because, you know, that's that, that's in the heart and soul of every military and police officer I know. Uh, Dan Bongino, as I look at this. I, again, I go back to fundamentals here. And if you, if there's an active shooter, would you prefer to know that there's armed, concealed carry trained professionals on scene? And my answer is yes. I'd want them there. Yeah. Yes, Sean. I think reasonable people uh, can agree that a gun-free zone sign is not a deterrent to a criminal. It's it's nothing. It's meaningless. It's a plastic or metal sign with some words on it might as well say gun full zone. It doesn't make a difference. Forget about gun free zone. But you're right. I mean, two basic things, again, reasonable people should be able to agree on when it comes to securing schools, banks, or otherwise, uh, or sports stadiums, is you have to control two things, Sean. You have to have access control, number one, at your entry points. You also have to have a deterrent in addition to that access control. And, and you I have to have a time, secure you know, perimeter, let's be honest, because you don't know who's trying to yeah. get into these facilities or whatever acts they have to grind, at least in their own sick, twisted, evil minds. Uh, Linda, you have an update on the news. Yeah, just real quickly, Sean, KRON4 out there and Sam Bruno, as well as the Washington Times, are saying that the woman reportedly shot her boyfriend at the YouTube headquarters. So this sounds like it might be a little bit more personal. Uh, yeah, but what about the other suspect? There are apparently all these people now showing up at the hospitals, and you had the eyewitness say not only did that one individual get shot ten times, we haven't been able to confirm if it's a man or a woman, although I was pretty sure the guy said a woman. Yeah, they have confirmed that it is. It was, there was a shooter that was a woman. I haven't heard anything more no. about an additional shooter or a second NBC shooter. NBC News is now reporting that the female suspect is dead at the scene. So, again, uh, we're not trying to be first here. We're just trying to get it right for everybody. Um, You know, it goes to any place. I know churches. um, I know Pastor Jeffers, for example, when I was down in Dallas, they have a full security uh, component of people there, uh, uh, Jonathan, just, just to protect their parishioners. Absolutely. And, you know, Sean, while I'm hearing all this stuff and hearing you and Dan talk, what keeps popping in my mind is that right now, um, most most big businesses and malls and churches have the ability to uh, set security policies in place right now for little or no money that would stop people from accessing the buildings that aren't supposed to be there. 
It just takes uh, a threat assessment, which most people have the ability to do because they already know their building better than the uh, uh, potential attackers. They just have to look at it from the attacker's point of view. And then um, if they have people who uh, are former law enforcement, former military, or even in the case of, of churches, uh, parishioners who uh, carry concealed uh, weapons permit, and they just mm. simply lock the place down and don't allow people in. But these things can be done right now, um, and people just aren't doing What I am interested in finding out is if YouTube had any armed guards there. All right, we got to take That'd a break. Uh, I'm going to let you both go, Dan Bongino, Jonathan Gillum. As we get more information, we'll make it available to you. Uh, we'll have more coverage tonight on, on Hannity. We'll do wide-open phones at the bottom of this half hour. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity show. All right, looks like this situation out at YouTube is uh, now pretty much under control, and um, the White House has been briefed. They're monitoring the situation. Uh, but the bottom line is it looks like we the female suspect, a white female adult wearing a dark top and, a, and uh, some scarf, and some employees were uh, able to escape the building. Uh, there are multiple reports that this had to do with a, a boyfriend and girlfriend situation. Um, it was a woman shooting a boyfriend. Uh, there are multiple people that have been taken to the hospital. The active shooter is dead. So that means no active shooter anymore. And it looks like police have the situation under control. I mean, another example, when you need the police, they were on the scene as quickly as they ever could possibly be there. But by that time, of course, those situations are over. One of the things we talk about is, you know, how difficult it is for the police in so many uh, in so many areas of their what their job details call for. But if the police get there, the average shooting is over in three minutes. This was pretty much over in just a couple of minutes. And that's why if you want to protect a school, you want to protect a church, you want to protect a municipal building, you want to protect an office building, you want to protect your home, you've got to be able to be the first line of your defense. No matter how quickly the police respond, it's, it's going to be too late. All right, so the female suspect is now dead at the scene. Reports that it was a boyfriend-girlfriend situation. As more information becomes available, we'll bring it to you. We'll hit the phones when we get back. Uh, our toll-free telephone number, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, we'll have all the details, of course, on Hannity tonight. Sarah Carter's breaking news on the deep state gate. And what are we going to do about this caravan of illegal immigrants trying to cross the border? All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. To our busy telephones we go as we check in with uh, Richard is in Montreal in Canada. Richard, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Hi, Sean. You've been doing a great job covering that Owan IT scandal. But how come the Republicans in Congress are, are not saying a word about it? And does President Trump, is he aware of the scandal? And I think he should talk about it because that that would help him win the midterms alone. That's that's worse than Russia, what happened there. Well, it's really bad. I agree. And it's sad. Uh, but the reality is that when you have a media that spends 24-7 trying to attack and take down the president, then I and and they're more interested in Stormy Daniels and a phony Russia conspiracy, a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. And they're more interested in basically shredding the Constitution and the rule of law in the process and dividing this country in a way we've never seen before. The, they don't really they, they're not interested in the truth. They're not interested in facts. Uh, what they're interested in is their agenda. And their agenda has been Donald Trump not get elected. And since then, that they delegitimize him. So 
where are the Republicans on this? How come? Where's Paul Ryan, uh, Mitch McConnell? This should be a this should be a big the, story. The, the, the answer is Republicans, by and large, are weak, timid, feckless, and they lack spine, a courage, and a backbone. And you know, I'll give you the the number one thing they ought to be dealing with right now. If Republicans want to win the 2018 election, they should follow the president's advice, and that is right. that they need to get back in session. And they need to fund the border wall and they need to use the nuclear option and they need to do it yesterday because that's a promise most of them made to the American people. And the next thing that I would do if I was them, I would finish the work on Obamacare. And the next thing I'd do after that is I'd work on some of the infrastructure issues that that we're dealing with in the country and I'd make private public partnerships. I know they started it, but there's a lot further we can go. Right. I emailed John Bolton about this. Hopefully he can do something about it. Well, I think he's a little busy getting set up as the NSA director, but I think uh, I applaud your enthusiasm. Good for you. Uh, All right. Tom is next, North Dakota. Tom, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Sean, very good. Thank you. What's happening? Well, I'm calling from North Dakota, you know. Yes, sir. You sound like you got an Irish accent. Go ahead. (laughs) Rocking the Bakken. See, you were up here once, did a program from the the Bakken. I did. That's correct. Yeah. Well, I got an idea for you. You might be interested. By the in. way, how is production these days? Have things picked up again? Very. Uh, things have taken off again, thanks to Donald Trump. Yep. And is a and a big part of that, of course. Well, remember was, uh, the, the the Middle East, the Saudis in particular, and according to the new Crown Prince, they are trying to transition off of uh, an oil only economy. Because if America now decides to be energy independent under this president, we have made that decision, and now he's done everything possible to get us there. Um, Uh That takes away, that's going to, ultimately, they tried to drive all of you in North Dakota out of business by dropping the prices to historic low levels. Correct, yep. But now it's not going to be able to, it's not going to work, and I think we're going to become an energy independent country, which we should have been for a long time. Absolutely, I agree. All right, anything else on your mind? Well, I've been, uh, of course, I enjoy listening to your program throughout uh, the day, and I understand you were thinking about a 1,200 sportster. Uh, as a matter of fact, I am. How did, when did I mention that? That's true. But anyway, my thought was... Hey, I may go get it this the, I may go get it this weekend. Just get it. No, well, let me suggest something. Yeah. You, have you ever heard of the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, Sturgis, South Dakota? Black as a matter Hills? of fact, I have, but if you think I'm going to ride all the way from New York to... To North Dakota, you've got another thing coming, or South Dakota. I'm not. I can't make it that far. I don't have the time. Well, number one. Well, here's what I would think. You know that, of course, they have it the first full week of August every year, and there'll be somewhere between four hundred and five hundred thousand deplorables out there on motorcycles, and you will fit right in. I would suggest take the whole show on the road out to the Sturgis for an entire week. And they have an opportunity out Listen, there. Listen, I for think you. it'd be really cool to hang out with a bunch of motorcycle guys, but I, I, I probably am not going to be able to make it. But I do appreciate the invitation. Yeah, that's the bike that I want to get the Harley twelve hundred. That's my bike. That's the one I like. It's not the biggest. Why can't bike. you make it? And should I get like a Sons of Should I get a Sons of Anarchy uh, colors on the back I don't know of my anything jacket? About that show, that's Lauren's department. Oh my God! Speak to them. Lauren gets it. Just love Jacks. Yeah, Jax is dead. Jax took his Harley, put his hands up in the air, was riding Spoiler no hands. alert. Don't tell everyone. Whoever, whoever rides, has not seen the show should right, watch it. Right into an 18-wheeler and splat. Jax is Is done. that what you're afraid of? 
No, not at all. I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> you're thinking maybe like because I don't live my life. All right, let me get to our phones. You t- you all are so obnoxious and always attacking the host. Uh, let's say hi to Lee is in Tampa, Florida, WFLA. What's up, Lee? How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Sean. Just a couple of quick questions. Do you think that Mr. Mueller was the insurance policy? And do you think that he is going to wait until the midterm elections to pull out some type of tricks at that time to influence the election? Nothing that Mueller and his band of Democratic donors will surprise me. And I think they have gone way outside their mandate. I thought that the argument made by Manafort's team was pretty compelling in as much as this was not under the purview of Jeff Sessions' recusal. And Rod Rosenstein only had a narrow area that he was going to appoint a special counsel. And just because Rod Rosenstein, quote, gave his blessing and approval to me, uh, doesn't necessarily make it right, legal and just. And I just think at the end of the day that Robert Mueller purposely put together a band of of Democratic donors and they've been on a witch hunt ever since. You know, I played this montage of Democrats. Oh, this is a civil this is a civil war. This is if Mueller takes this to where he is capable of taking it and where he, sh- he has shown that he wants to go, then this country is going to be divided between those of us that see this for what it is, a political witch hunt, and, and those of us that believe in the rule of law and the Constitution, and those that feel justified in unseating a duly elected president. It's, it, this is not going to be good for the country. And when I talked about civil war yesterday, not in the way that the left has talked, I talked about... You're not going to be able to go to dinner with your family anymore. Things are going to get so hyper-partisan intense. And I'm making that prediction now because that's what Mueller wants. If that's what he wants, that's what's going to happen. And Trump's people are not going to back down. And that's not going to be good for the country. It's not going to be good for the economy. None of it. But anyway, that's what the left wants. That's what they've been fighting for from the beginning. Uh, Robert St. Louis in Missouri. Next, Sean Hannity Show. How are you, Robert? I'm doing good. I was calling on uh, just listen to you yesterday, and you said kind of hold your nose and vote this midterm. And I'm just sped up. I'm done with the Republican Party. Since I was old enough to vote, I voted Republican, and I'm fed up, especially after the omnibus bill, $10 million to fund women police officers in Afghanistan. Really? Listen, we, we waste so much money. We uh, It's a disgrace. I mean, every dollar the government spends, they, they should be turning over every nickel. I mean, the fact that the president was able to get a billion something off of the new versions of Air Force One shows you that our government doesn't care about the money that they're spending because it's not their money. I've always said liberals are generous with everybody else's money. Liberals can they can donate every dollar they have if they want. They can build homeless shelters. They can adopt a homeless person, but they only want to be generous with your money because otherwise they turn over their own wealth, especially these Hollywood hypocrites. By the way, I see it is a candy hour out there for the people in the sales division. And uh, Auntie Linda makes it possible for everybody to get. Do you need like your. No, no, no. Go on the microphone. Do you have a voice today? Come on over, Jen. I mean, every single day. We have a group of people outside this these doors, and every single day they come in for their their sugar high at the uh, at, towards the end of the day. I, I mean, what did you get today? I have the Hershey's with the extra creamy milk chocolate, toffee and almonds. And what else did you get? Oh, I got two of them. And you're not going to take any more today. We'll, we'll see might. about that. Yeah. How many how many times on a usual day do you come into Linda's candy store? As many times as she likes. I just want to come see Linda. Oh, great. All right. See that? See that? That's right. It's Linda hour in here.
Big time AJ Houston, Texas. What's going on, baby? How are you? Big time Sean Hannity. Hey, first of all. <laughs> first of all, yeah, exactly. Hey, happy New Year to you guys. It's my first time back, and uh, happy Easter to all you guys. Thank Y'all you, big all. time. Thank you, AJ. Hey. We miss you. Oh, man, hey, we back now. We got to stop these people from coming in our country, and I'm glad Donald Trump's sending the troops down there. And Grant Abbey here has got the uh, GPS, and he got the National Guards on the Texas borders. Exactly. He might have fact, they down there because I, if I understand. But this is a travesty that we letting the Democrats get away with. And you're right, Republicans don't have no cojones. I'm being nice, people. I want to say something else, but I'm going to be nice. Uh, this, why are they sitting around letting the Democrats dictate to them? Trump, they need to follow Trump. Trump got the cojones. Get behind the man and we're going to win. Well, if you listen to Liberal Joe, Liberal Joe, the liberal host on uh, with Mika over there at uh, Conspiracy TV, MSNBC. All right, stop. Yeah, it's a, it, whatever you want to call that place. Anyway, so Liberal yeah. Joe actually says the GOP will pay a high, high price if they don't distance themselves from Trump. You know, I can't believe that he doesn't understand politics better than that. The answer yeah, for it, the answer is simple. Keep your word. Keep your promises. You know, no, no pale pastels, but bold colored differences. Uh, if you make a promise, you keep a promise, you do your job, you make the country more prosperous and safer, you're going to win re-election. You don't do it, you pay the price for your inability to get stuff done. Hey, I tell you what, hey, I'm backing him 20,000% because I got him all the way. I don't care what they talk about. But I want to meet my girl, Diamond and Silk, or big time AJ, meet Diamond and Silk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you hitting on Diamond and Silk? What's going on here? They are awesome. I love them. They are the awesome of awesome. I wish they did. Hey, AJ, I thought you were married. What are you talking about dating Diamond and Silk? No, 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 no. We we count, we part, tell them. I got a liberal at the house. I'm, I'm talking. We got this, these girls. They, they. So you have like an open. You have an open marriage. <laughs> you trying to get? Me. No, I'm just. Hey, so do you? So you have an open marriage, and if you, you, your wife's okay. If you want, if you want to date Diamond or Silk or Diamond and Silk. Oh no, no, I didn't say date. I said me. Me. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like you got a boyhood little crush on uh, on our favorite duo. That's what it sounds like to me. Hey, Sean, they are awesome. I love, I love them. Awesome. Listen, I'm in your camp. And which one do you like better, diamond or silk? Do you have a preference? There is no better, Sean. Both of them are just so. I if mean, you if you could only kiss one, which one would it be? I would both of their cheeks together. <laughs> if you can only kiss one, who would it be? If you have to choose. This is the first. This is the first time AJ is speechless in all the years you've called. You can't. You can't answer. Them girls leave you speechless. They both so awesome. They like Linda and Lauren. They awesome. Uh huh. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Wait. Wait. Hang on one second. AJ. AJ. We're just gonna do you a favor. Hey, Silk. Say hi to big time AJ in Houston, Texas. Apparently, AJ has a crush on Diamond and Silk. He's big-time crush. Oh, my goodness. Hey, AJ, how you doing? Oh, Jesus AJ? Christ. What, big time, how are you doing? Now, oh this, my now which one is this one? This is Silk. Silky Silk, oh, baby. Oh, Silk, how are you yes. doing? 
I'm doing wonderful, yeah. magnificent. So what is it that you like about diamond and silk? Everything. Y'all just so awesome. <laughs> hey, AJ, thank you, thank AJ, you so do you want to take, just be honest, do you want to take silk out on a date or what? Oh, no, I, John, I will get killed. <laughs> Oh yes, baby, you because you got to ask my husband hey, first. All right, so so Silk, how's the? I would love, hey, I would love to meet you guys and boy, I think. Oh I'm man, I need to take a. Wow. We... Oh, that'd be <laughs> that'd be so magnificent. Look, you know, email me. Email me at diamondandsilk at gmail dot com. Oh man. I'm on Twitter with you. Silk, are you sure you want to give out that email? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. All right, so it's going to say big time AJ Houston, Texas. I'll let I'll let Lauren uh, hook it up for you. All right, I'll let you both go. Love you. When are you guys uh, back on out on tour? You on tour tour this week? Yes, or? we're on tour. We're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, this coming Sunday. Wow. We're going to be in Greensboro, North Carolina, so in California. Wow. And how are the crowds? So come check us out. How are the? Oh my God, they are excited. They are excited for Diamond and Silk. You know the conservative uh, platforms are silencing Diamond and Silk, so we're taking our message to the street. So oh, that's great. com and check us out, chitchattour.com. All right. Thank you, big time. You, Thank you, Silk. Right. Love you. All right. We'll see you later. Tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox, we've got the showdown at the border. The latest on Mueller's witch hunt, Sarah Carter, breaking news as it relates to Deep State Gate. We'll check in with uh, Sebastian Gorka, also Dan Bongino, Ed Henry with a report. And Jesse versus Jessica and Alan Dershowitz. It's all happening 9 Eastern. We've got a lot of montages we need to play tonight on the Fox News Channel. Hope you'll join us. We'll see you back here tomorrow. See you tonight at 9. Thanks for being with us. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now the same Hollywood that sold the American dream. They are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.